Hey guys, it's Mark, writer and game master of 1661. Welcome to our campaign review, Rebuilding the Tower. In this episode, we're going to be talking about all the secrets and character backstories that might have not been explored in the campaign. There will be spoilers up ahead, so if you haven't listened to episodes 1 through 3 yet... Dude, how'd you even get here? Make sure you go back and listen to them before you just dive into this one. But if you just need a refresher, let me give you a bit of summary. This is your last chance to back out before you get potentially spoiled. Ready? All right. Miles, Ezra, and Trish are high school best friends. They're reuniting to go to a music festival in Ontario, Canada, and are currently driving down the highway of Nova Scotia in the middle of the night. Out of nowhere, two deer leap in front of the bus, and Miles hits one of them. The bus breaks down. A pillar of smoke rises in the distance, and they decide to follow it, while Trish continues to sprout about how she's trekked through this forest before. She hasn't. They arrive at a clearing and find two dead European explorers from the 1660s. Ezra insists they weren't attacked by a regular animal. Miles insists that they're LARPers. A mysterious book tells them that they were attacked by a beast, and then that same beast starts running after them. It's a big scary wendigo who apparently likes protein bars. Trish tries to stab it. It gets angry. So the team runs off and finds a cave with another wendigo in it, but this time it's one of the explorers who underwent wendigo psychosis and is now trying to kill them and then chases them back to the van. They fight around the van, Miles makes a heroic push and dies, Ezra knocks over the tower and dies, and then the big wendigo saves Trish from the little one and vanishes. Whew. Wow, that was a lot. But hey, now that we've all gotten through that, let's dive headfirst into the post-game discussion. Welcome back to Rebuilding the Tower for 1661. What do you guys think? Uh, I, Jesus. It was it was an intriguing little game. I'm about to write my name upon the ledger of champions on the side of our... Lads uh, who, who did the most. Who did a heroic push. Uh, we, have, we keep a, a tally of all the people who have done heroic pushes, and I'm adding Miles O'Malley to this list. Mm-hmm. I just lifted the entire tower to put it on... Uh, the right oh, color nice. base. <laughs> we care about aesthetic more than anything. In this I couldn't. Bitch. I couldn't let it fly. I just couldn't. All right. Fuck. What do you think? What do you? Uh, what do you opinions? What do you want to know? Uh, what we didn't know. You did kind of slip back in time with um, those campers. They were a team of French explorers who were uh, sent from France to head from the east of Canada all the way to the west of the country uh, to try and find the furthest point where a land meets the sea. One of them had heard talks uh, the previous year from some other Frenchmen who were there um, about this strange disease that had overtaken them. And then on their journey, they also learned directly about the spirit of the Wendigo from an indigenous uh, Canadian tribe. And right before you got there, or a little bit prior to when you got there, James finally went berserk and he attacked the other two men, eating Jacques. Not Jacques! And then taking off into the woods as his mutation continued. So I assume that Alpha didn't give a shit about the knife. <laughs> no, Alpha did give a shit about the knife. Oh! He was, he was it was because it was a threat. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's when, yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because it was something of the camp, um, because the two different Wendigos were uh, two different entities. You had... Oh, there he is. There's Miles. A little companion cube next to him. That's cute. His is t-shirt. He a fucking loser. I mean, uh... He's a dweeb. Uh, you had the spirit of the Wendigo, and then you had uh, the Wendigo psychosis-induced Wendigo, which is why one was... Oh, we're, we're missing, missing a whole row. 
It's called rebuilding the tower because we're actually rebuilding the tower. Rebuilding the tower. We put him back so we go home. We are home. I'm not. There's one. Uh, there's another one right back down there. So. I'm surprised we haven't permanently lost a boy. Don't say that. It's not jinx her. Well, we haven't found this one yet. Uh, oh, it's by my shoe. Found it. So here's a here's a fun thing. I'm, I'm glad I got to do. My my character uh, in the intro like talk. Uh, it was asked, "Who do you trust most in this group?" Uh, and I said, "Probably whoever Chelsea's playing." And I, I feel like uh, my feel, my faith in them was well placed uh, because, <laughs> because they they stayed. they stayed for me. <laughs> I went into the cave with them. We stuck together, and uh, I think in the end, I kind of sacrificed myself so that they could continue. they could can, could keep going. Uh, I, I sacrificed myself so that they wouldn't probably fly out of the car. We were buddies. We, we were friendos, and I appreciated that. We were all friendos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I, I gave a shit about you guys. I really did. But You were my, just stricken with panic. I was stricken with panic. Like, I, my life has not been smooth sailing, and I just... None of your lives have. Oh. I, one of the one of the biggest things about Trish is that she runs on instinct, and her first instinct is to run. And it, a girlfriend uh-huh. <laughs> that mysteriously disappeared a while back, uh, it was because Trish got scared and cheated on her, and then she lost her fiance and then she panicked and went backpacking so she's been running for a so long Gabrielle time didn't run off she left you because you cheated on her yes i'm a piece of shit trish is a piece of shit hey our ceo Stevie. is making a ruckus <laughs> she doesn't Rock give a shit <laughs> Yeah, like, she's just a, a fucking coward. Like, she was afraid of commitment, so she nixed the commitment. She was afraid of everything else, so she went backpacking. And then she was afraid of the Wendigo, so she fucking ran. But she was gonna come back and do something heroic. And until it need fucking fruit leathers. I don't like hunting. I don't like the woods all that much, but I'm good in them. Because I have experience hunting. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. My daddy died. My daddy died. By a moose. <laughs> a moose. If a, a moose, moose comes by, we're fucked. Cut to my daddy died. From a moose. Moose. Mark, I like that every time you and I have discussed moose, you have corrected it to moose every <laughs> single time without fail. I count like four times in character creation, and every time I go, you know, so like yeah, like the moose, and then very quietly, Mark will go. Every time. Were you talking about multiple meese? Yes, they're moose. Moose is the plural of moose. Yeah, it is. Nope. No, it is. I don't care. A plural of moose is called a gangbang. (laughs) That's that's fucking awful. That sounds legit. Yeah, why not? Sounds fair. Sounds fair. What's (laughs) No, that's not a question. No. No, I was gonna ask. Why the wind had a vested interest in our in our journaling? Me trying to push the narrative. <laughs> called it's called Chris went ew book and I went fuck you I wrote journal entries you piece of shit you piece of shit. Well, like I saw an old timey journal, I see old timey people, I think like oh this is a LARP group because like yeah. what else would it be? 
Um, I'm sad that we didn't get to the secret Ben and Jerry's. The yeah, other one was We in. almost did, but somebody wasn't brave enough to go well, check a, it out. Well, and I was second, correct. There was a second entrance to the secret Ben and Jerry's. Was it, it wasn't, through the mouth of the Alpha? No, it was through the That's console the of the led. bus. <laughs> you just kind of have to, like, you reach in and you are right above the chunky monkey section oh, in the... the ben and Jerry's. Yeah. For everyone at home, this is now a running bit where there is a secret Ben and Jerry's in every campaign that you will listen to, our dear listeners. Um, so and one day we will find it. <laughs> one day we will find it. That's the goal of all characters, Chelsea, even if they don't know it. Juice. <laughs> <laughs> Just silently sip your Whoa. apple juice, Chelsea. It's not apple juice, it's applesauce. Applesauce. There, there wasn't much that you guys strayed from story besides one of the original plans was to instead have you fight James as opposed to the Alpha. But then you spent more time with the Alpha, so I had to get you to get away from him. So instead of fighting James in the cave, you ended up just being like, fucking yeet, and getting the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, you could have killed James then and there, and you only would have had to deal with the Alpha at the end. But, but the Alpha wanted to kill- oh, if we hadn't run into the Alpha first. Mm -hmm. I think the Alpha- we made friends with the Alpha by giving him munchies. Yeah. Was that just pulled out of your ass? I was pulled out of my ass, yeah. I feel like 90% of tabletop games should be pulled out of your ass. The original version of this game was 90% pulled out of my ass. This version was like 65 You didn't have a snack dad in your previous game. No. But you had a snack dad in this game. And that's how dread changes. Oh, one of the original ideas that inspired this version of the campaign mm -hmm. was uh, when I was doing research because I wanted to get more things right about the myth of the Wendigo and that aspect of indigenous culture. I learned that gluttony and greed are big aspects of the Wendigo. Um, they are always so... Malnourished isn't the word I'm looking for, but like... They always look starving. They're always unsatiated. Yes. Because they are so gluttonous. They are never full. And therefore they never get more meat on their bones. So each of the characters, uh, there were four originally written, three of them were used in this game, were all based off of four of the seven deadly sins. So you had gluttony, which was Ezra. Uh -huh. You had lust, which was Trish. And you had wrath, which was Miles. And where's Meliodas? I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> and then the one that you guys... One person laughed. Everyone else quiet. And then the one that didn't get used was greed. Yeah. Uh, another aspect of my character oh, was that I sleep with a lot of ladies. Or I try to, anyway. You're one a whore! One of the aspects of my character was that I have anger issues, which translated to me throwing my phone. That's it. Only. <laughs> you were too scared of everything I was else. very frightened. I, I, I feel like my character has a lot of internal anger, but it doesn't get expressed in the sense of, like, like blowing up on people. I feel I, I feel like I, like me, CJ, ha I have anger issues. Yeah. Like, I get angry at a lot of things, but I'm very good at not expressing that in unhealthy ways. Yeah. I think a, a, a big thing of what I like about this game is that character creation is very important and it gives you a lot of insight and background to your characters, but when it gets to the nitty gritty, you, you discover it as you go and you figure out what they would do in situations. So even though a lot of our character creation didn't really come up in this particular instance... Sometimes it really does. Yeah. 
it depends on, on the game, depends on the DM, depends on the characters themselves and what they want to divulge, basically, and what's <laughs> what you have time to divulge in between trying to fight for your life. Mm-hmm. So I really like it, and there's no consequences to not utilizing parts of your narrative, your character creation, and you get to create an entirely organic human being with human reactions that... <laughs> God, I want to logic my way out of these situations so hard. Like, Shelby didn't want Trish to approach Alpha with a knife. But Shelby did not want that. But that's you were the, doing oh, the narrative was fun. I, I, it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, uh, it made complete sense. I knew that as soon as I was like, okay, I'm going to have to stop and go back. I knew that I was going to yeah. try to use my knife. I am 100% well, in support of actions that increase narrative tension. Yeah. That makes sense. Even if they are not, like, what you as the person Like, absolutely, do. they don't make sense as a player, but they make sense as, like, a person in this situation or as, like, a, a way for a writer to add dramatic tension to a thing. Like, if, if it's just character out of nowhere decides to, like, TPK or to, like, party kill, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of being shitty. That, that's, like, uh, it takes you out of the fiction to create tension, but, like, I don't know. I think doing things in character that increase tension, like Star-Lord punching Thanos in the head, mm-hmm. um... I think those are always wise decisions. I think those are always they, those always make for more fun stories. Yeah, and more interesting character dynamics. Definitely. That's why Miles crapped his pants. So that's why. Well, that's why Miles poopy he pants. I if uh, I if I had been like heading the pack, I probably would have just kept running too. Yeah. If I had not been in the back and watched Miles bust his ass. Yeah. I wouldn't have like looked at person and friend on ground and been like. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, go, go, go. Yeah, if I'd been behind you, even if I was the second in line and saw you run, I'd have followed your ass so yeah. hard. Like, I, I think it's a very interesting distinction of who your character is morally, like who they are in the pack and what how they react. Because if I had been in the back, saw that, and kept running, that would reflect really badly on Trish. It would have made sense for Trish's character mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, Trish mostly just Run cares away. Yeah, runs away. Here about themselves and then uh, runs away. Stop banging the table. I'm sorry. I have a lot of emotions. So, yeah, it just it made Trish a little bit better to be at the head and just fucking yeet. Because there was no way for us to communicate these things. Honestly, if you hadn't realized or you said fuck it, and kept going, I would have led you to the mouth of the cave, and you would have run into James. By a sail, beat. Fuck. I'm glad that didn't happen. We have, we've we been fortunate to not have some sidebar party-splitting situations in the past couple, but we're ready. The only times I would have done it with this game is explaining what the Wendigo looked like when yeah. you first initially saw it at Chelsea. Things like that. Yeah. But it didn't necessarily add anything story-wise, so I didn't bother with it. Yeah, and we could all glance so I, I i i liked how that was streamlined mm-hmm. actually so i'm glad i didn't keep on running uh that would have said a lot about me you as also well. spent most of this game without a weapon you're All right you. mm-hmm. yeah you really had a weapon I had a, I had a wizard staff that was interesting especially how we got to use the car as the weapon mm-hmm I just love the the fact that I was immediately like gratified with yes you were right there's some fuckery in that cave like you guys that was walk, fun. <laughs> you walk like, I'm straight like, in straight out yeah. <laughs> you walk in I'm just like they're gonna fucking die I, like I'm gonna have to be like this is crazy they're going to fucking die and then you run out I'm just like I was right I like that my first question was was it the, was it the demon babies. 
And they're like, no, bitch, just run! Which, yeah, technically it was Demon Babies, but... So... Yeah. Fuck, I guess. Yeah. It, it was a very satisfying game. So, thank you, Mark, Good job! I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I like Spooky Boys. Um, this is probably, I think, the goriest of all the games I have, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, with that, we uh, put 1661 away, and we shut the door to the Dread Dome. Good night. Well, hey, wasn't that something? Hope it answered all your questions. If not, don't worry. Tune in tonight, October 12th, for our Instagram Live at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, so you can ask us more questions then. Before the game, I created character questionnaires to help inspire our players with who they wanted to play. Some questions are basic, others are big and definitive. It gives the players freedom to make their characters how they want to, while also helping me make sure that they fit into the narrative I wanted to create for them. So, without further ado, meet Ezra, Trish, and Miles before they even got their names. Hey guys, it's Chelsea. But for these last few weeks, you probably knew me as Ezra. I don't think anyone was expecting that ending, least of all me. But sometimes, that's just how the tower crumbles. Ezra died for his friends, and in the end, that was enough. I want to show you just how Ezra came to be, and I want to answer the most pressing question of all. Why is he so afraid of Moose? Meese? No, Moose. Moose. I think it's Moose. It's... Mies. Guys, it's Moose. It's Moose. It's Moose. No. You and your friends from high school are on a trip through Nova Scotia, Canada on your way to a music festival and you are traveling in a bus. One of those like small little baby vans that has the sliding door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You were on snack duty for the journey. Fuck yeah. What did you make sure to pack plenty of with an extra stash hidden for yourself? Definitely pack nuts, definitely pack protein bars, and then I pack an excessive amount of fruit leathers that I have stashed away some for myself. Also, a little bit of a health boy. Mmm, health boy. Cool. Your father was killed in a hunting accident. What happened? Um, we're going through Nova Scotia, yeah? Yeah. Great. I'm going to assume, then, that we are from Canada. Yes. Great. So, there's this thing in Canada. Uh, speaking as, for those of you who don't know, I am from Canada. Um, there's this thing in Canada where moose interrupt you frequently. If you're driving, if you're hunting... If you are anywhere where moose could be, you stop, you do not move, you try to make as little sound as possible, and you just hope that they don't see you. Because if they see you, they probably will get pissed off and, and you know, uh, decimate you. I'm the same way with most people. Um, yep, Mark is a moose, for those of you who don't know. Uh, that's what happened to my dad. He was out hunting. Usually we would go together, but I kind of stopped being quite so fond of it. As I got older, um, I started, like, finding myself uh, interested in, like, vegetarianism and things of that nature. And I stopped being interested in hunting. But my dad still went, and so one of his trips out by himself that he'd asked me to go on, but I said no. He did not come home when he told us he was going to. And when the park rangers found him, it was pretty evident that he had been, like, just clobbered by a moose. Um... The assumption is that while he was hunting some bucks, he uh, 
crossed into some grounds. He was also in, like, moose territory. Mm-hmm. He crossed into some grounds that he shouldn't have. He didn't see the markings in the grass and on the trees and kept pursuing this specific buck, most likely. Um, and he managed to shoot it, and it died, but he alerted a moose who had a baby with her, and she rampaged on him. And mm, it was a mother. Got busted it. him. Yeah. Got it. It was a mother moose, the most dangerous of the moose. <laughs> of the nieces. Well, yeah. Especially if she's already got a baby. Mm-hmm. Shit mm-hmm. sucks, bro. Yeah, dude. It was very unfortunate. Oh, yeah. My dad and I were pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your biggest fear? Um, my biggest fear is letting down my mom. With my dad gone, I already feel like, you know, I was supposed to go with him, maybe. And I kind of feel like I would have been more observant since I wasn't, like, necessarily focused on the hunting. And, like, maybe I could have seen the signs and stopped him from going into that territory. Do you feel like it's your fault? Not necessarily. I just think, like, if I was there, I could have prevented it. Mm -hmm. I don't blame myself for his death because I know that... Like, me being at home and playing, like, Minecraft with the boys uh, (laughs) could not have had an effect on him dying. But if I had been there, I could have probably prevented him from making the mistakes that he did to get where he was. Um, And that being the case, I'm really worried about kind of, like, not holding up my end of the bargain with my mom. Mm -hmm. I want to support her and I want to not make her feel like all of the pressure is on her. Um, so, like, I got a job and stuff. I got, like, a, a job that I do on the weekend. So I don't usually get to hang out with my friends much because got to help pay bills, help get groceries, help take care of my little sister. So this is, like, this is a treat. That yeah, you- this is, like, a big treat. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom my mom was like, you do a lot. Take some time to go and be a kid while you're still a kid. Yeah. So I don't get to do this a lot. What caused your career switch? My dad died. Mm-hmm. How Before old then, were you? I, uh, when, I, when he died? Yeah. How old were you when your dad died? Um, I was, uh, like... You're, like, post-college age right now. So, like, 22 and up. Okay. Um, I was in late high school. Well, like, or I guess mid-high school. Like, 16 when my dad died. And what I was doing was sports. I'd actually been scouted and offered, like, a nice scholarship to go to school for sports. Mm-hmm. Um, for athletics. A couple of them, in fact. But... That being the case, when my dad died, I had to stop doing that and actually, like, go into things that will make money. Mm-hmm. So my first job was at an Ikea equivalent, essentially, uh, and then I got a foot in the door through a family friend into insurance, mm-hmm. which is what I've been doing pretty much since, like, age 19. Gotcha. So you never went to college? I am taking night school, like, classes, but it's been a slow burn because, again, we gotta get my sister through school and stuff like that. How old is your sister? My sister is, she just turned 14. What do you like to indulge yourself with? I like to watch shows that maybe I shouldn't watch, I don't know, like, uh, or I guess not maybe that I shouldn't watch, but... Like, unconventional shows. Like, I really like cartoons. Like, nonsense TV or something? Not nonsense TV. It's just, like, I grew up a little sister, so I ended up having to watch, like, a lot of her shows. And I actually like them and think that a lot of them are good. 
So if I ever need like a pick me up, I, a lot of times I'll revert to like old shows that I used to watch with her, like like Cartoon Network shows mm-hmm. or like Nickelodeon shows that like make me happy. Most of which are cartoons, like the cartoons pretty much exclusively. It's like nostalgia content. Yeah, it's like nostalgia content. And you know, I'm probably like a little too old, like not the right demographic to get away with that, but I do it anyway because it makes me makes me happy. That's fair. Where do you feel the most secure? I feel really secure. I feel really secure on a field. I feel really secure when I'm uh, when I get the chance to run. One of the things I was offered a scholarship for is like track and field, and I feel really secure in like swimming situations. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I'd like to do that I feel good at. And it's where I feel like my my best. So you're like a, a cardio sports boy as opposed to a muscle sports boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not like muscle sports. Not like big hulking football, powerlifting, wrestling. I'm more like track and field, swimming, um, orienteering, which is essentially like you run through the forest with coordinates and you track where you are and shit. Are you good with directions? Uh, I'm... I'm pretty good with directions. I'm good with directions if I have, like, a map or a compass or uh, things of that nature that can, like, be a friend. I'm not necessarily good at, like, retaining them naturally, like, without any form of reference. But if I if I give myself, like, a way to remember, I will. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What mental illness do you treat with medication? So, I have a couple of things that have, like, made my life... Um, challenging, I guess. Uh, One of the most prominent being uh, depression. I'm on antidepressants. I've also struggled with... I'm not a very anxious person. I don't really have anxiety. But I do have, um, like, uh, attention deficit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I also take medication for that. Okay. Um... What gross habit have you kept doing since you were a child? Biting my nails! Yeah! Very true to you. Correct. I do bite my nails, but I haven't bitten my nails now in uh, a week. I'm so proud of you! Dude, longish. What is the worst thing someone has called you? Has called me? Um. There's any number of things. Some of them are objectively worse. Some of them hit me hard the more. Um, so some of them, like... What is the one that hit you the hardest? The ones that hit me the hardest, that make me upset, is like, uh, like, dropout and failure. Mm, that makes sense. Um, but objectively speaking, like, people have called me all kinds of shit. People have called me, like... Like, queer, but in, like, not a reclaiming way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> What skill do you wish you possessed? Oh, God, I wish I was artistic. I wish I was creative in some way. My little sister is, and I think it's so, so fucking cool. What art specifically do you have anything in mind? Uh, I think I would like to get, like, painting, but my sister, she makes, like, little comics. Mm, that's cute. Draws them in like a kind of like anime way. She makes like little mangas. It's really cute. They're very good though. She's also a good writer. I'm also not a good writer. I can spell fine, but not like a creative. No, writer. not at all. Ugh. Now, big question. 
What's your name? Oh damn, you're not even going to age and nothing. Nope. Um. Stinky McFart Pants. You can start with age if you prefer that. Age and appearance. Yeah. Age, uh, I'm 23. Appearance, uh, tall, very toned, um, pretty lean, but like very athletic in build. Mm -hmm. Um, I can lift a decent amount of weight. I just don't, I'm not like particularly broad shouldered. Yeah. Very androgynous looking, uh, with intention. I am usually wearing like jeans that are cuffed at the bottom. You a real bisexual. <laughs> and like sneakers, like old Converse. They're not particularly new. I don't really buy a lot of new clothing. And then I'll wear like um, like a patterned button up. I have uh, my ears pierced and I usually just wear like a chain in one of them, if anything. I don't always wear them, um, but I think they're fun. I got my second ones with my little sister because she was scared to get her first ones alone. That's really sweet. Um, and uh, I have like caramel colored skin. I've got a couple of like prominent moles on my face, just like three. One kind of by my lower left jaw and then one up just under my right eye. And then um, another one pretty close to that, a little lower on my cheek. And then chin length head of dark, dark, like obsidian hair essentially that I keep combed back. It's like undercut underneath, so it's just like the top flop of hair is that long. Mm -hmm. And I usually keep it like combed back or to one side. Um, and then, yeah, I wear like a watch and like two rings. What kind of eyes? I've got uh, hazelish eyes, more on the brown side, but some flashes of orange and green in there. Yeah, so that's what I look like. And then- Your name. My name. Um, my name is Ezra. Um, Dinkle Bottom. Uh, you know, I don't think that's the one. Oh. I don't think it is. Well, it's a good try. I appreciate your loss, your effort. Of course, I'm just here to help. Uh, I think my name is going to be um, Ezra Gable. G A B L E. Cool. We're done. We're done. And that was Ezra. I hope you enjoyed that little look into Ezra's past. I loved the character choices that Chelsea made, and looking back, everything makes a little more sense. Enough about him, though. It's Shelby here, but you might know me better as Trish. I honestly never thought she would be the one to make it through. That tower really wasn't doing me any favors. I guess you could say making some of those pulls was dreadful. Okay, okay, I'll see myself out. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my hot-headed, totally not a self-insert lesbian. Let's take a look at where she started. Hey, babe. Hello. So this is uh, 1661 is the name of the game. I thought you meant the year. And I was going to be like, I don't know how to play that. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm a technician. <laughs> so for a little bit of context, you and your friends from high school are, you're now about post-college age. And you are traveling through Nova Scotia, Canada on a road trip. 
to go see a music festival. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. You're traveling in a small bus, kind of like one of those, like, slidey door buses. Mm -hmm. And you just laid, like, pillows and all your shit out in the back. Mm -hmm. Picturesque. Oh, yeah. Very picturesque. The ideal travel boy. I'm going to backpack Nova Scotia. Backpack Nova Scotia. Nah, y'all, I'm just driving through it. Yeah. Um, What's a backpack? So, can I have a backpack? Can I get a waffle? Can I please get a waffle? I mean, you'll have... You'll have your shit. I have my shit. Mm-hmm. That's fine. So, let's get started. What was your first tattoo? It's a shitty tattoo. Actually, uh, I... On a dare, I got a tram stamp. And it's just, like, your butterfly with, with some, like, filigree going out the side. What does it say? <laughs> um, <laughs> live, laugh, love. No. God. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it does. It says live, laugh, love? Live, laugh, love, like, on the bottom. How awful. It truly is. It's the straightest thing she's ever done. That's fair. <laughs> Why do you hate being alone? The silence. It's mothering. I constantly need something to be happening so if no one's talking like I have my earbuds in Mm -hmm. because like I need constant stimulation because I don't want to be alone with my thoughts (laughs) got it what did you do instead of going to college I backpacked Nova Scotia (laughs) did you actually you went backpacking I went backpacking yeah okay you went through Nova Scotia or just are we from Canada Mm -hmm. okay a a uh yeah just uh backpacked through Nova Scotia, the woods, things that I haven't seen before, probably tripped into some other provinces at at that rate, but Mm -hmm. everything kind of looks the same at some points. That's fair. You did the solo, like a solo trip? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What were some of the the big highlights of your solo trip? Um, There was this picturesque waterfall that I found. It was like a hundred so feet up. Do they have waterfalls in Canada? Oh, we have Niagara Falls. Fine. Never mind. Yeah. That's what I thought. Cool. I just wanted to make sure. Squad. They were invented in Canada. (laughs) We invented waterfalls in Canada. So you saw a waterfall. Yeah, it was, like, towered above me, and it had, like, several little, like, like, it wasn't perfect. It cut off in some places, but, like, it found a way to make it to the bottom to this little watering hole, and it was genuinely, like, I thought it was out of a movie set or something. Like, it was just great, and the water was, like, crisp and clear, and I got to, I just kind of took a swim, because why wouldn't I? That's fair. How long were you with your fiancé before you cheated on them? Three years? Yeah, three years. We all got um, engaged decently early on. Yeah, we were high school sweethearts. Got you. Um, and about a year, we we were together for like a year and a half in high school, and then a year and a half out. And I made a mistake. I, I basically I got scared because we had been going really good for so long. She was, we were gonna get married, and yeah, I, I wanted to experience something that wasn't her and uh i paid the price for it and then i went backpacking um (laughs) because i couldn't really deal with that um who proposed me oh you fucked up yeah i (laughs) fucked up it was me i i panicked and proposed and then i panicked and i cheated on her oof it was a it, it was a sequence of events that i will regret for the rest of my life series of very unfortunate events yes uh tm tm 
What's the first thing you do when you wake up? I, I'm kind of an early riser, so no one generally is up with me. I spend probably like 45 minutes just staring into the ceiling, like trying not to think about all the ways that I fucked my life up. I have earbuds in, and I'm just like, it's another day. Okay. Another day in this shithole land. I'm like, I'm like, I guess I gotta get up and then I immediately chug as much coffee as I can get away with without being an asshole to my friends. What sibling were you closest to growing up? My brother. Younger um, or older? Twin. Ah! <laughs> I'm slightly older by maybe two minutes at most. Obviously fraternal. We were incredibly close, not even just because we were twins, just because we were genuinely best friends. What is your biggest fear? losing everyone around me because that's the ultimate case of being alone. Everyone at once realizing that I am a piece of shit and should be abandoned at all costs because I don't know how I can actively handle that. Got it. Why don't you feel bad about sleeping around? I mean, I already lost the most important person in my life <laughs> because of it, so what more is there to lose? I, I went backpacking, I came back, and I was like, well, fuck it. Fuck me. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's an outlet. It gives me a sense of closeness to people, and yeah, not like I'm gonna get married. <laughs> Given up on love? Basically. You are very passionate about a cause. What is it and why? Deforestation is a big no-no in my book. Because, like, when I was backpacking, I came across these areas that were just fucking decimated. Mm -hmm. And with all the beautiful things that I saw versus the destruction that these businesses decided to reap on an innocent forest. And I think by association, she became vegan. It, it was a downhill spiral. It's just like, we gotta save the trees. Well, we gotta save the animals. Guess we can't eat meat. Yeah. Does, like, the smell of meat, like, make you sick or something? At this point, it's been long enough, because I, I backpacked, you say, post-college age, so it would be like 23, 24. Mm -hmm. So my backpacking was when I was 19 to 20. So it's been about three or four years of no meat. So my body's acclimated. And it's like, what? Where do you want your life to end up? The answer I will give in general is I have no fucking clue. I have no idea. In the back of my mind, the secret answer is that I want to I want to make it back to her. I want to apologize and see if we can build something after that. Because we were best friends before we were together. Mm -hmm. And then I have a lot of guilt that I'm not really as open about, I guess. That's fair. All right. How old are you? 24. What do you look like? I am about 5'3". <laughs> what up, short people? Short people club! Short people club! Um, I've got, like, long russet brown hair. Has kind of, like, ringlets to it, but I keep it, like, tied up or in a bun. Like to wear, like, shitty band t-shirts and cargo pants. Pretty average build. Very minimal makeup. Guess you could say I'm kind of a STEM lesbian. <laughs> Awful. I'm gonna see how many games I can be, be a, lesbian? a lesbian that has a jilted I will, ex lover. I will, I will 
personally be like, when did you and your husband meet? <laughs> you can't do this yes, to I me. Can. No, you can't. I will make- I already made you cheat on someone. I can do whatever I want. See, in the last game, I wanted to make it back to my girlfriend. And now you're doing the same thing. And now I'm doing the same thing. But it's different because that was because of drugs. This time I'm actually a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and now, what is your name? Trish Wilcox. Wilcox with like an X? Yeah. That's a cool name. I think that. Trish. Alright. Yeah. We'll see you in the bus. On the bus. And that, fellow gamers, was Trish. But enough about her. We all know why you're really here. I'm CJ, aka the Ghost of Miles Past. I know you will forever miss my son's wonderful voice, but don't cry, listener. He will live on forever in our hearts. Though he started his life as a tiny little baby chicken loser boy, he died a hero. Let's keep his memory alive with a look into just where Miles came from. Let's drive! Let's drive! This game is called 1661. You are traveling in a bus through Nova Scotia, Canada uh-huh. with your high school friends cool. going to go to a music festival. Cool. You're traveling in a bus. It's like one of those, like, it's basically a big van. It's got, like, the big sliding doors. You've taken all the seats out and you've thrown, like, blankets and pillows all over the ground. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Cool. That's a good story. When do you feel the most powerful? My character plays a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, what year is it? Is it, like, the modern current day. year? It's the modern day? Okay, so I'm gonna say that my character is, like, a really big D&D nerd, and he's the flavor of D&D nerd that uses it as, like, escapist power fantasies. Got it where his dad can't call him mean names, his mother respects him and his choices. Parents don't live in D&D. <laughs> Parents don't live in D&D. He plays uh, Sacramanthes Sol Cinevar, a uh, wizard of the Ninth Realm, and he's uh, one of the most powerful magic users in the world, so you shouldn't fuck with him. Oh uh, that's when he feels powerful. I think, I think in most other cases he feels like a very not powerful mm-hmm. person. He has a lot of problems with... Uh, confrontation and things like that. I don't think he does well with resisting. <laughs> That's fair. I don't think many of us do. Yeah. What is your ultimate dream vacation? I, I think he wants to go to like some big dweeb con, like either like a comic con or a, a large convention that hosts a lot of like board games and tabletop RPG people. And I think his dream is that he Let's let's not make him exclusively a D and D boy. Um, <laughs> I think I think I think his dream vacation is to go to like one of the big like national cons and be surrounded by people who like his interests uh, and meet some of his internet friends. It's like that's he fair. he and his e buddies get like a hotel together and they're at a con. I think that's the ideal vacation. But he also just enjoys like going places, like going on little mini adventures. Like this. Uh, like this. This is a little baby adventure. Go go out to the wilderness. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna speak like that. I feel like that might be offensive to me. Nerds. To just me in general. <laughs> <laughs> Where did your anger issues start? Ooh, there's a question. Where did his anger issues start? I think it comes from the place of powerlessness. I think like uh inherently feeling like he doesn't have a lot of power over like what happens in his life. Or what he does in his life, or, or like an ability to change things about the world that he lives in, is frustrating. 
Uh, I think he gets picked on by, like, other kids at the school he goes to. Y'all are, uh, y'all have graduated college. We've graduated college? You yeah. said teenagers. No, you guys were high school friends. We were high school friends. Yeah, okay. Oh, friends that's different. Where does Where do my anger issues come from? Okay, let me, let me reframe this. Yeah. Um, his, his anger issues come from the fact that even after graduating college, he still doesn't have, I think it's still the power thing, but I, I still think he... He's an adult now, and he expected, like, oh, when I'm an adult, when I move out of my parents' house, when I have, like, a job and all that shit, I'm going to have, like, power over my life. But he still sort of, like, doesn't. I think he probably just gets stepped on just as much by his current boss as he did by, like, teachers and his parents. Has he moved out of his parents' house? That's a question. I don't think he's moved out of his mm-hmm. parents' house. I think he's still living with his parents. So, like, that hasn't changed. Because everything didn't come together. It's like, everything didn't come together. He didn't miraculously grow independence and control over his life. He grew, like, uh, Three inches. student loans. <laughs> he got a little chubbier. Aw, it's a boy. <laughs> he, uh, That's good. That's he, good. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a boy again. I feel comfortable as a, as a male character. For sure. Yeah. Who do you trust the most? Out of this friend group? In general. Just in general. Probably, I want it to be one of the characters that's sort of in the bus with us. Okay. In a meta level. So I'm going to say Chelsea, whoever Chelsea's playing. Mm-hmm. And I'll have you guys do a little, like, light background thing so you kind of know each other more as friends. Sure, that works. What is your biggest fear? I think his biggest fear is that nothing changes. Is that uh, things are like this forever, and no matter how much escapist fiction he consumes... Uh, no matter what he, you know, dreams of being or becoming, he still just sucks. He's himself. He has very little control over his life, very little say over other things, and he's going to to die alone, ugly, and powerless. Hey, man, leave me out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a very relatable fear of yeah. just like existential smallness. That is really the case, and he really is just like this big. For the for the listeners at home, I'm making an incy beansy hand gesture with two fingers. Like implying the size of a mustard seed. A little side of mustard seed. It's a very it's a very tiny boy. Small man. What serious crime did you commit in your last year of college? That's interesting. Um I'm gonna say he's a comm sci person and I think he stole some people's identities. I think he didn't have money for the last semester's tuition. And he needed cash, and he stole like five thousand dollars, probably more than that. Yeah, probably no, some, some like a few thousand dollars from someone's bank account or several someone's bank accounts, uh, using computer know-how to like someone someone made an online purchase in an unsecured Wi-Fi network, and a little, little bit of magic got that card details. Don't go buying shit on Amazon when you're at Starbucks. And then he used that <laughs> he used that to buy printer ink, and then he sold the printer ink to get tuition money. Okay. What are you willing to do for those you care about? I think he has a vision in his head of heroism. I think that playing tabletop games and consuming like comics and movies has sort of idealized the idea of like a hero who makes noble sacrifices for like, the I'm the protagonist in my life. He wants he wants so badly to be a protagonist, even though he doesn't like feel like he is. He's afraid that he's not. I think he will say he's willing to do anything for his friends. I think whether or not that happens probably depends on how much of like a fear response he's having. That's so fair. like any person. What does the word peace mean to you? I think peace is being okay with the way things are. I think peace is being okay with yourself and your surroundings. 
and the things that are happening to you. That's really deep. I like that. He's a really deep boy. Deep boy. Flips his hair. Oh god, awful. Um, why did you stop going to therapy? There's a question. Uh, <laughs> why did he stop going to therapy? Why do most people stop going to therapy? I think he stopped going to therapy because his... Uh, I think it was because he felt like it wasn't doing anything for him. Mm-hmm. I think it was because he kept going like, oh, all of my problems with my mood, you know, you can fix those with drugs, mm-hmm. right? But the thing that needed to happen was like psychotherapy, like changing the way that he perceived the world and like approached situations and approached if you should have power or not. And I think he felt like his therapist wasn't doing what was right for him, even though it, whether or not that is true is up for debate, but he didn't feel that way. And he felt like it was a waste of time, wasn't doing anything. And it just contributed to this sense of this thing doesn't work. I'm not going to bother with it. That's That makes sense. What do you think is the biggest injustice in your life? Uh, hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be something that's happened in your life it could be something that happened in your lifetime something in the world around you doesn't necessarily have to be a personal thing but it can be anything I do kind of want to make it a personal thing that's fair I think probably the greatest injustice of his life is it's, it's either going to be some kind of physical disability or, like, the family that he was born into okay. was, like, shitty to him and really controlling. He, like, blames them for a lot of his problems, especially his fucking dad. Fuck like, you, dad. I think, he has, I think he has real big daddy issues. He's angry that he wasn't born either in the far future when technology gave people autonomy over their lives in, like, a post-scarcity society or that he wasn't born in the Middle Ages as a member of nobility, who again had autonomy and power over their lives. His injustice is like, I was born to a family that is hyper-controlling and doesn't like me for who I am. Uh, And I was born in a capitalist society that slotted me into the sort of like middle-class cog section. Uh, He's not really ambitious enough or enough of a go-getter to be like an entrepreneur. Or be like a like a Mark Zucker boy. Yeah, that's his name. So Mark Zucker boy. He feels like existing in the world, you're either a billionaire and have agency over yourself and your things, or you work for a billionaire and you do what they tell you and you have 60 free hours in a week. How old are you? Uh, this is like... We've graduated college. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say he's like 25. It's it, like not unreasonable that you would live with your parents, but still... He feels like he shouldn't be living with his parents. That's fair. And he wants to not live with them, but... Oh, what's what's another great injustice? I think the other great injustice is, like, right as he graduated, uh, there was, like, an economic recession uh, Mm. and a big crash in tech. So there wasn't, like... He didn't really get a job right out of college. uh, And finding work has been difficult for him. Finding consistent work. Like, he's had very bad luck applying this degree that he spent all his time doing. So, like, forces beyond his control have economically stranded him with his parents. Now he's stuck with his parents. He still doesn't have agency over his life. He's 25. All the agency seems to just be a game. Okay, I think that's... I think that's a buddy. What do you look like? What does he look like? He's got a pretty small penis. Aw. I think his dick is very normal size. Okay, what does he look like? He was tall and lean dweeb. He's still a pretty narrow guy. He's still, like, pretty lanky. He's pretty tall got a little bit of a hunch in his shoulders 
he's not particularly handsome. I think he's kind of like average looking. He's got like a short haircut. He's got a big nose. He wears glasses. He wears like uncomfortable gamer gear that you would get from like Hot Topic or like Think Geek or sites like that. Like he's wearing like a Portal 2 shirt. Oh, awful. <laughs> And he's, he's got, like, a Portal 2 shirt. Um, it says the cake is a lie. Yeah, it's oh, some God. shit like that. He's not wearing a fedora, though he did in high school. Ooh. He did definitely wear fedoras in high school. I think his style has gotten a lot better. There are no more brony shirts. Thank God. There, um, most of the D&D shirts he wears are, like, subtle and not garish. <laughs> I think he has, he has very little sense of style. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of, like, a dweeb. He doesn't take great care of himself or have, like particularly good hygiene he's been getting better i feel like there was a point in his life where he was really gross oh god and like as a stem kid who went to college for a hard science some people just don't fucking shower especially in engineering classes for some fucking reason you'll go into like physics 2 and it'll just be like it smells like a gym. it smells it smells like a fucking gym bag dude oh, god. you sit next to a dude and it's like bro why are you oily <laughs> Why are you hey, so, yo, homie, why, you why are you so greasy? I can smell you from here. Yeah, don't take STEM classes, kids. <laughs> You'll get next to the stinky boys. Oh, God. And now, the big hard-hitter question. Uh-huh. What's your name? Um, I think my name is... My name is Miles... O'Malley, I guess. Miles O'Malley. Like the alley cat? Miles O'Malley, the alley cat. From Is that the name of a cat from Thomas O'Malley. Oh, okay. I was about to say, if I had just come up with... <laughs> Miles O'Malley. That's cute. Alright. Uh, he's a big gamer. <laughs> he's also a big gamer. He likes D&D. He's, like... he's, he's one of those people that defines their identity by, like, the fiction that they consume oh, and the God. things that they like. Fucking he awful. identifies, like, super hard with that culture. I don't associate with teeth. What's up, gamers? <laughs> you play Fortnite? Ew. Dude, no one plays Fortnite. Okay, there's no narrative significance to Fortnite. Try <laughs> Portal, loser. Oh my god. God, I wish Game Duel would sign my shirt. <laughs> That'd be fucking sick. Alright. You're doing what I fucking think you're doing. What? What you talked about earlier. I think I'm gonna talk like this. Uh, I think this is gonna be the voice. I'm so glad I didn't stop um, recording. <laughs> And that's it. That's every last bit of 1661 we had for you. If you still feel yourself itching with questions, you can reach us on our social media and ask us there. 1661 was written and run by Mark Alba and features the voice talents of Chelsea Mack, CJ Zeliznitsa, and Shelby Siemens. Thanks again to Primal Sound Studios for our intro music and Maury Corsetti from Thistle Designs for our cover art. Well, that's it for me. It's been wonderful running this game for the Honeystack team and for you, our lovely listeners. Don't worry. You'll be seeing me again in the future. My Game Master days aren't over yet. Oh, one last thing. I know I promised to introduce our next Game Master in this episode. I didn't forget that easily. (laughs) So, without further ado, here they are. What's up, everyone? It's Chels, your next Game Master. In just two short weeks, you'll join me and the Honeystack crew, Shelby, Mark, CJ, and a special guest player, Nick Blocka, as we enter the realm of insomnia. When a few old college friends gather to celebrate a housewarming and break in the new abode with a sleepover, their slumber is more than just a little restless. 
relationships are tested, secrets are uprooted, and a night that starts as a dream come true turns quickly into a nightmare. You won't want to miss this dark, delirious adventure. Tune in Monday, October 26th for the first episode in this campaign I can't wait to share with you guys. Thanks for hearing me out, and until we meet again, stay awake.